Hey everybody, and welcome to the Joy Fuck Club, because we're talking movies, we're talking Joyride, starring Ashley Park, Sherry Cola, and Sabrina Wu, written by Sherry, I apologize for butchering this name, Sheva Prey Tom Rung, Teresa Sal, and Adele Lim in her directorial debut. Chris, I just wanted to say, I really appreciated the Mulan-themed office birthday party. Fuck me. Look at all the white people. everybody and welcome to this week's episode of how'd you like that movie i also could have used an opening quote of dead eye if you find coke come back uh we're talking about the hilarious raunchy comedy joyride uh scott let's uh let's get into this my friend all right so uh so the synopsis on this one is it's, it's uh, pretty much synopsis 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 Listen. is something that happens in your brain <laughs> i know but i'm I, i'm just trying to make shit my own and you keep on like self-deprecating <laughs> self-defecating you <laughs> yeah like i'm trying to make shit our own so that way when we have merch we can have the t-shirts with these things the best right? self-defecating humor ever so so pretty much like chris said uh so pretty much this movie is three friends who help another friend while she travels back to China for work along We're the going way. going back to became... China, to China, to China. We're going back to China. I don't think so. Uh, this becomes a no-holds-barred epic experience about bonding, friendship, and wild debauchery. Chris, I like this movie. And that's the thing. The, the hard-rated R comedy slowly is going the way of the dodo. But I think films like this kind of, you know, make a case that if marketed well, if if done well as well, in which, you know, the through line and the, the execution of the film carries through the whole way, like we can we can keep movies like this going for cause... for a second i thought you were suggesting that this didn't have a hard r rating i was like oh i mean i don't know how it did not have a hard r it does have a hard r rating correct right yeah, 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 yeah. that's okay. what i'm saying but like in terms of the hard r comedies that they're very few and far between as opposed to like when we grew up right mm. like everything was pretty much a hard r fucking comedy sounds like it's like a pirate rating hard r uh i mean i think i think that's this statement applies to r-rated films in general whether it's like joker or deadpool you can make money you can make lots of money but you have to do it well and you also just have to kind of hit it hit it in the right spot hit it you know what i mean uh i think we weren't we just talking about hard r-rated films and if they because i feel like we were talking about kind of joker and Deadpool fairly recently on one of our episodes. So I think it, well, I think it fell into, it was something, uh, it was a criticism. I could think what we were t- talking about was a criticism of that five nights at Freddy movies. Yes. Cause they were saying it wasn't scary and 
we're like, well, you got to look at what the target audience was. It, it wasn't right. a hard R, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. I mean, Terrifier in that those films have also they're extremely violent uh, and have done very well financially, right? So. <laughs> Although, so, I mean, this is a great jumping off point for financing on this. Okay, so I have a budget of $32 million. I've got it in kind of asterisks. Uh, I couldn't confirm it on multiple sites. It was like, there was like one site that suggested it had a $32 million budget, but I couldn't work that back to anything. But let's, let's even go with that. Uh, so it has a $60 million box office. So you would say, if, if those numbers are true, you're like, man, this fucking bombed now this was put through seth rogan's production company and it was shot primarily in vancouver so i was thinking about this how our tax credit system here in canada like they could have been getting up to between 40 and 60 percent of that money back depending on i don't know what the the province of bc's tax credits are but even with the just the federal government and and some provincial tax credit you could be in the like 40 percent range so let's say 50 just to keep the math easy if that's true then you broke even, right? So even mm-hmm. though, let's say you had this $32 million budget, you managed to do $16 million at the box office. Yeah, you still broke even. Your investors primarily got their money back. Uh, and then you get to sell whatever uh, your licensing fee to streaming. And I think this is a great streaming movie too. Like I, uh, I don't know if I would have done a big theatrical push on this. I don't see it having... Maybe they were hoping to get jump onto some of that like rich, um, crazy rich Asian kind of market uh, where a bunch of people come out and uh, just blow the movie up at the box office. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you wait? Do you think this was a good move to put it in the theater? Or? Yeah, I mean, they did make sixty million dollars. Like, like, let's not let's yeah. not pretend that didn't happen. Right, and I think also that it's one of those ones like this is going to have one of those word to mouth, especially now that it is released on certain streaming services. I think it is one that a lot of people are going to, um, you know, gravitate towards and, and watch like to me, bringing it back old school, like this was, this would have been the kind of movie on a Friday night that you would have looked at the, uh, the dvd cover and be like okay i'm gonna try this one out right and then like fucking fall in love with it and everything like that because you gotta you just gotta reach in like a claw and just like (laughs) pull it out just pull it out like it's the fucking claw right and that's the thing i I, one of the things like so if if you if you're kind of tuning in and i want to i want to hit this on the head right away this movie is hilarious like laugh out loud hilarious very sex positive, raunchy, uh, drug, you know, conversations, drug usage. Like, so, uh, if you've been wondering if you should watch this movie, just go and do it. And it's, I don't know. It's like when I saw the trailer originally, there was nothing about it that made me think like, Oh, I want to watch this movie. Like, I, I mean, I thought like there was some cool stuff, the way they had them dressed up in the K-pop outfit, uh but that was it like and then i ended up just watching it because it like you just said it was available on streaming and i like watched it twice because i watched it and then i asked if you wanted to do it for the show then i rewatched it still laugh out loud like obviously the first time around was the funniest um this thing doesn't have a lot of like nuance or subtext to it it's not like you're gonna watch it again and go oh i didn't see that part uh but really hilarious like like i said laugh out loud funny you know what i mean yeah and i think what they've done 
as well. Like in most um, like cinema, like when you have, you know, people of Chinese descent and everything like that, they're usually depicted a, a lot like repressed, like sexually repressed, everything like they're very uptight. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think what this one does, like, cause it kind of um, goes with it right from the beginning. And it's just like how, and, and that's one of the characters whole, like, you know, through line is she wants to she wants to be sex positive she wants she wants chinese people to be sex um sex positive and and that's the thing like throughout this movie all of a sudden like all the repression and everything like that like the the levy just breaks wide open and it's just floods of fucking sexual liberation right and you know chris just let me know do you like the hair pulling like, like <laughs> that's, that scene was hilarious uh i'll be honest like my my favorite scene and you do see some of this in the trailer though is their k-pop version of wet ass pussy <laughs> <laughs> well throwing in all the asian lines too right like <laughs> saying hyundai and like anything that's korean or or chinese or japanese is like thrown in there yeah it was pretty good man uh it's all about the brownie tuesday it is all about the brownie tuesday uh have you had you like had this on your watch list prior to again me suggesting it for the show or what well i watched it before because you know for our best of 2023 right so you know i i was watching i spent a week just kind of binging movies that got released during that time and this was one of them and, and i laughed and, uh, but, but yeah, like when I watched it again for this, I watched it with my wife and, you know, there's some points where she was, she was giggling as well. Right. Like yeah, the, the fucking tattoo made her laugh. <laughs> Dead eyes made her laugh. Right. So, but yeah, it was, and that's the thing. Like it, it's, I would say this is an entertaining movie. Um, from beginning to end and it like it's worth kind of watching but it, it it's it's one of those movies that while watching it it just seemed like everybody was having so much fun making it right yeah. like it, it just feels like you can like just sense that through everything like i'd say the the casting was great because like they had a shit ton of great chemistry between all of them and i i think a couple of them only got added on just before they went. Cause I think uh, Daniel day Kim is the one that uh, suggested two of the actresses. Cause he worked with them on Broadway. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, yeah. Yes, Ashley, yes, yes. Yeah. Ashley Park and Stephanie. Sow. yeah. Uh, he's the one that recommended them for the parts. And I mean, it's got uh, it's got a certain blend of humor. Uh, so two of the screenplay writers are uh, Cherry Chiva and Teresa Zhao, and they both have it. Like Sherry Shiva is like basically part of the Family Guy DNA, right? Like I, I believe she's been uh, an exec uh, an executive producer over there and a staff writer, and like so like that raunchy comedy. She also works on Orville. Uh, and then Teresa's Family Guy, American Dad, uh, We Bear Bears, and then Aquafina's Nora from Queens. So 
they are bringing really hardcore, uh, raunchy sitcom animated, you know, comedy energy and writing talent into this screenplay. Plus, then you have, you know, extremely talented cast with Ashley Park and Sherry Cola and Stephanie Sow and Sabrina Wu, who Sabrina Wu is also a great stand up comedian. Like, these are very funny people reading a very funny script. And I, I loved how it, like, <laughs> <laughs> like the white boss who's like oh i'm an ally like i fired a white guy <laughs> like this just last week so it's cool we're still allies <laughs> right and like the comments about like what we can't say uh associate can we say asian no you can't say asian <laughs> like it's just <laughs> like they're playing on all those tropes and it was so great because you have basic primarily chinese but asian in general asian a- asian writers asian asian cast and an asian asian director you are telling the story through the lens that they want to tell it, um, which is an, so an interesting kind of side note on this is so the director, uh, as you already pointed out, uh, Adele Lim, this is her directorial debut. So she was one of the co-writers on Crazy Rich Asians, which makes sense, right? You should probably have an Asian writer on Crazy Rich Asians, except she was not originally attached to the project. It was like this standard American white dude, like, you know, I mean, like white guy was writing the screenplay based off the book. And it wasn't until the Asian director came on and he was just like, okay, I can't tell this story without any Asian writers. So anyway, they go on, they do that. They make a film for $30 million that does $240 million at the box office, right? That sounds like a great Mm -hmm. return on investment. You would think the next thing you would do as the studio or the financiers when they started talking about the sequel is you would be like, let's lock this writing team down, right? Let's get that that those guys right back on the script. Now they fucked that up. Why? Because they had, they offer Adele or a, a, a D. How do you say her name? Adele. I'm gonna saw it. It's spelled like Adele. I'm gonna like, just say Adele. Your name's Adele yeah. for right now. Anyway, they offer yeah, for her. Right now. <laughs> they offer her a hundred thousand dollars. The white dude, they offer somewhere between 800 and a million. So, of course, she walks from the project. Then he walks from the project. And now I think they're on, like, their third screenwriter or something like that. And it's stuck in development hell. But it's just, like, <laughs> you had the formula by accident. You just got lucky. The director was like, yo, maybe let's bring in somebody who knows something about their own culture. Uh, and then still couldn't pony out the fucking money to lock her down. Like, it just, it's its a bit ridiculous. But anyway, I'm really yeah. glad. I think she did a great job as a, uh, uh, as a director. She, her, I mean, and her, her writing career is, she has like been a TV writer forever. She worked on Las Vegas, One Tree Hill, Private Practice, Rain. Uh, and then she also uh, worked on Rhea and The Last Dragon. Like, she's an extremely competent writer. Uh, so it's great to have her as, I mean, it's kind of cool seeing a writer turn into a director. Now, can I ask you a quick question before... I forgot this. So a lot of the writers on here are TV writers that moved on to feature, right? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But you had a very strong criticism last week on Dumb Money for pretty much the exact same thing. No, 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 no. But I am going to explain that. So there's a difference between I wrote some shows, some, some episodes on one show. And that's, that's all I've got versus like two decades, maybe even more of writing entire seasons in different genres for, like I said, for like year after year after year, like 
she didn't just write on one show. I listed off just some like of her top shows where like she wrote the entire she was writing on the entire season. Those two who wrote Dumb Money basically worked on Orange is the New Black. That was it. <laughs> like so I that she's a, like she uh, Adele M is a much more experienced uh teleplay writer, screenplay writer. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, and the okay. director, sorry, just... and the director of uh uh, Crazy Rich Asians is John M. Cho, so mm-hmm. not just he's not just the Asian director. I had to grab his name there. So. Uh, you made a stick on brand there. They literally uh, this if they were to do a mockumentary of like the uh, some podcast host talking about this movie in this movie, it would basically be what's happening right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, but that, that's the thing. Like the the one thing I appreciated with the writing too is because you had. You're seeing everything from the spectrum. Now, whether or not it is, but like that insight of them once they landed in China, going through the airport, and they're like, this is how you can tell. This is how Chinese can tell who people are from based on what they're doing. And they're just like, they're like, oh, that guy has a cell phone. So he's from um, Taiwan. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at those ones are wearing all the. Like Gucci uh, stuff, so they're from Beijing, yeah, so and sure. yeah, 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 yeah. And then the, you see like the the one people that are just like standing there, and there she was like, "Well, what about them? Don't talk to them. They're, they're Koreans. Korean. Look, the round faces, <laughs> the round faces, right?" And then you, and then yeah, it it has that like little hit when they actually go into like to the to the family gathering or whatever, and it's they're like talking, and they're like, "Oh, look, she's so American because now she has a." Uh, a, a kind of round face too and then they find out she she's Korean and they also like switch on her like fuck this <laughs> like give me my dress back kind of thing that grandma was funny too where she's like this is the dress that I like deflowered in and then her like granddaughter or whatever is <laughs> by like, the greatest love of my life <laughs> yeah greatest love of my life oh you mean grandpa no not grandpa <laughs> <laughs> um so I mean it's done well with the critics. It's got ninety uh, percent from critics. Audience had gave it an eighty-two percent, which actually I'm surprised that's even that low because uh, I thought this was super hilarious. So I don't know what people were going into this movie thinking it was going to be, but maybe like me, maybe they thought it was going to be a funny girls' road trip, which it is. But maybe it was a bit over the top for some people, right? Like they didn't expect it to be. Because I do re- realize I often don't know the rating of a film going into it anymore. Like, it's just not something I'm even aware of most of the time. I have to actually look it up. So if you think you're going to see, like, a PG comedy, you sat down with your children, (laughs) and you're like, oh, we're going to have... (laughs) You're like this, you know, little family, and you're like, oh, we're going to watch this, you know, funny girl story, and then that happens. Like, playgrounds with penises and things. Um, Maybe, yeah, maybe you're going to go on Rotten Tomatoes and not give it a great rating. Uh, I do love the way it opens, and you do see this in the trailer, so there's no spoilers, where... The little white boy is like, there's no, you know, no Asians are allowed. To, I'm not going to use the, the actual words that they use. And she just like punches the little girl, like punches him out. And then they're like, let's be best friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that, that was the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like, I think the opening kind of, it, it's the one, it was the hook, right? Because it goes straight. It circumvented your expectations and then go and it's straight into the r right from the beginning and then it it just like keeps it and holds it right and i think that's what makes this movie work so well 
Yeah, it sets it up right away that this is not the movie you probably thought you were going to watch. Right. right. Like, we're not going to be doing any of the, you know, kind of tropes that you expected. We're going to do this totally other thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man. Again, I thought it was super funny. Uh, I, I highly recommend watching it if you like raunchy comedies. If, if you don't, don't watch it because you're going to be upset and you're going to be super offended. Uh, it would be not. I'd love to know what people of, like, Chinese heritage and Chinese descent think of this movie. Uh, again, I know that Crazy Rich Asians did very well with those communities, not just Chinese, but lots of Asian communities, because they finally got to see themselves, uh, you know, on screen as a primary class. I think for the first time since like the Joy Luck Club, which is actually mm-hmm. why this working title of this film was the Joy Fuck Club, because again, far, like some of these communities are finally getting to see. An, an entire cast, writing team, directorial team from their community, right? And I think that's super important. And again, I think the movie's funny. Like, you don't have to get any of those jokes on an ethnic level. You can just be like, these women are being crazy. And I know that I had read some criticism about like, well, I mean, it kind of doesn't know what kind of film it wants to be. And then it tries to get like more dramatic at the end. I'm like, dude, like that's like, that's fucking filmmaking. Like, you have to set up a bunch of obstacles and, you know, you, you have your thing, your characters do things to move you through your act structure. Do not go to a movie like this and be like, why is it not Schindler's List? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No, exactly. But the thing I'm surprised too with this is like, like when you, when you look at, like if you go on IMDb and you look at Adele Lim's page, like there's nothing after this movie, there's nothing. Right. Like not even, you know, in pre-production, post-production, like spec, like which I'm surprised with, because with the word of mouth and the positive reviews, you would think that, you know, something at least would be close to the works, whether, you know, offered or even her herself developing and just using this as the platform to get it on. Um I'm kind of surprised that there isn't anything with her or even like a fucking, you know, joyride too. So it could be that like, she also may still be writing on some TV shows. She might've just taken a break. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you, you just finished shoot, you know, doing your first film. Uh, You've been kind of busy your whole life. Maybe you're taking a a vacation, right? And things just haven't been released. Um, But yeah, do you got uh, anything else you want to talk about? Because I kind of want to finish with my two quotes because I think they feed well into each other. Oh, go ahead. So we got Wendy Id from The Observer in the UK. The humor is crude, reviled, deliciously unsavory. Everything you could hope for, in fact. And Kaylee Manoa from the Arizona Republic. I haven't laughed this hard in a movie theater in a very long time. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. That that last you just did but I haven't like I hate fucking
reviews that are like that shit. Yeah. I'm like, your whole fucking job is to go watch movies. You're telling me you haven't watched a movie that you've laughed in? Come on. In a very long Shut time. The fuck the, she says, in a very long time. In a very long time. Yeah. Name the last fucking comedy that was in theaters. Well, this is the problem, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all. I hate that. I hate that shit. Like, oh, you know, this movie is going to change the world. Fuck you, it is. Production by Rod Shaver, Fader Monkey Productions.